Today, we're back to football, talking about the quarterback battle with Emory Jones transferring out, how Todd Golden's hire will impact current Florida Gators basketball players, and I'll grade some Florida Gators NFL free agent signings only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free right where you listen to the podcast. Happy Wednesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work for the whole nine sports. And like, like at this point, you know the drill. Leave a comment, like, subscribe, do whatever, review, let me know what you think about the show, let me know how I can make it better, all that, and the YouTube community page. It's it's fun to talk about. Uh, we're going to get into this quarterback battle right now. Starting quarterback spot for the Florida Gators football team is open, and of course, going as far back as Billy Napier's hire, or actually, well, a little more recent than that, because Jack Miller's involved in it, and he initially wasn't even on the team, but it was Anthony Richardson. Emory Jones, Jack Miller III. Um, Emory was not usually thought of as as a candidate there because he was someone who uh, had, a, had a rough last season, and a lot of people were like, hey, he's going to transfer. He said he'd transfer, and then he decided not to transfer, so it was very weird. Um, but he has announced that he will enter the transfer portal, that he did enter the transfer portal, after months of speculation and the quarterback battle for a long time, again, was thought of as Anthony Richardson versus Jack Miller III with the assumption that Emory Jones would transfer out once he graduated and would not win the battle. He would only stay if he won the battle, but of course that's not happening. No one really thought that that would happen. Um, But having no more Emory Jones in the picture at all it, it makes me wonder um, if we'll see another quarterback added to that race. I think that's something to talk about because I know a lot of people like Carlos Dorio Wilson. I like Carlos Dorio Wilson. Should he be the guy that we talk about? Because we know that, yes, myself included, most, most Gators fans do want Anthony Richardson to be the starting quarterback. Although, I will say, last week I talked about the quarterback battle a little bit. I saw... A surprising number of people comment that Jack Miller the third should be the guy, which made it weird to me because for for months, for months, you listeners, you would you would just yell at me that Anthony Richardson needed to be the starting quarterback. And then I got comments last week. They were like, hey, if Anthony Richardson is the starting quarterback, Billy Napier is gonna need a new job soon for losing out on Jack Miller the third as his starting quarterback. And it's it, it's a very weird situation where it's obviously the the fan base is pretty torn on who it should be. And I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Anthony Richardson is, is the high ceiling player. He's a high risk, high reward, high risk, high reward player where he could be amazing, but he could very easily be very inefficient and very, I mean, bad. Well, I'll, I'll say bad. Uh, I don't think he will be, but but I, I think he's going to be one of those better players. But his ceiling's insane. His floor is also very low. Then we talk about Jack Miller the third, who his ceiling is very low, but his floor is very high. So 
Yeah, Jack Miller III could be the guy where we know what we're getting, and what we're getting is not a Heisman-type player, where Anthony Richardson is we don't know what we'll get, could be a Heisman-type player. And that brings me to Carlos Del Rio Wilson, because Carlos Del Rio Wilson is someone who, he's, he's a relative unknown, we know that, but we look at him and we say, you know what, he's got a big arm. We know he's got a big arm. We've seen him throw the football before. We know that Carlos Ariel Wilson has a big arm. We know that he's pretty mobile. He's not Anthony Richardson mobile, but he's mobile. His arm isn't as strong as Anthony Richardson's. And he's not as mobile as Anthony Richardson. But maybe Carlos Ariel Wilson is that happy medium where everybody's saying, if you go Anthony Richardson, you're going boom or bust, and you're likely going to bust, or you're going Jack Miller the third, and you're not getting a superstar, but you know what you're getting. You're getting the safe option. And it's like, well, what if Carlos Del Rio Wilson is that happy medium? What if, what if Carlos Del Rio Wilson is, yes, not as big an arm as Anthony Richardson, not as athletic as Anthony Richardson, but he's more accurate than Anthony Richardson. And he's got a bigger arm than Jack Miller III, and he's more athletic than Jack Miller III, but he's less accurate than Jack Miller III. And then we look at that as probably being a a higher floor player and a, a higher floor than Anthony Richardson, a higher ceiling than Jack Miller III, but a lower floor than Jack Miller III and a lower ceiling than Anthony Richardson. So he's that that perfect in-between there. And it's interesting because with Emory Jones gone, of course, Emory Jones has said he'll enter the transfer portal. Surely a lot of practice snaps just opened up. And it's not really clear at this point. There's only been one practice since then. So it's not really clear at this point uh, where those snaps will go. Will they just evenly distribute them more with Anthony Richardson and uh, Jack Miller III? Will they add Carlos DeRue Wilson into this quarterback battle now that he's going to probably get more snaps out of this? So it's interesting to say, well, well, could Carlos DeRue Wilson eat up those snaps and could he eat up the space between himself and Anthony Richardson and Jack Miller III? Because he could show some stuff where it's like, what if he's the guy? Um, the quarterback battle is is very much an open competition at this point. I don't think it's closed off at any point. Uh, we could even talk about Jalen Kidna as the guy who, you know, he's, he's I'd, I'd say, pretty similar play style to Jack Miller III with a little bit more athleticism and probably a little bit of a stronger arm. But he could be the guy that we talk about. It, it could be anybody. My bet would be Carlos Cyril Wilson is the third quarterback discussed if there's a third quarterback to be added to this battle between Anthony Richardson and uh, and Jack Miller the third. Right now, I'm still very much on the side of Anthony Richardson. I, I think he should be the starting quarterback. You know, we look at Malik Willis, who had his pro day yesterday. He was throwing the ball 75 yards in the air, and everybody was just like, oh, my God, that's so phenomenal. He's such a freak. We need him. He's going to be good. And it's like, yeah, you know he could burn out horribly. But you know he's just he's he's got all the tools to be phenomenal, and that's what we have with Anthony Richardson. He could be awful, but he could be so good. And I think you don't want to close the door on that potentially. I, th- I think you want to take that risk with him, and that's why I'm very much on the side of Anthony Richardson. Does anybody else participate in March Madness brackets every year and suck every year? I feel like I've told you guys incessantly at this point. Um, my first team. Lost because I had Baylor winning the championship. And then my second team, 
at Auburn. So, yeah, my bracket's just completely screwed at this point. Stadmiro's NCAA single-game pick'ems, though, they pit star players against each other in a hybrid of fantasy and sports gambling, which is great for me because my bracket's already ruined. So Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery of who or what you're going against. You don't need to worry about if you didn't have Miami winning to face Auburn to begin with, and you don't have to worry about Auburn facing Miami. You could have worried about them fighting someone else. So there's things like that where if you use promo, if you sign up for free right now with stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match, yeah, you could get that deposit match right now. That's stathero.com slash locked on using promo code locked on L O C K E D no space O N for a 100% deposit match. Terms and conditions new apply. It's spring break time now, so people are people are you know in shape already. People started practicing, started getting in shape in January. I didn't, um, but I do have vacation in three months, almost to the day. Wow. Okay, I need to step it up. Three, vacation three months, almost to the day. Built Bar is part of my diet now because I just started that today. Well, yesterday now, but you get the point. But Built Bar is how I do it because I've got a hardcore sweet tooth and Built Bar is coated in 100% chocolate. So I get my sweetness. Most bars have 130 calories and just four net carbs along with 17 grams of protein. So getting more into working out again. So I get my protein. Hidden stashes, gone. No Reese's, no Kit Kat, no Skittles. I'm a Skittles guy. None of that. It is Built Bar time. So Built Bar, they're always coming out with new limited time flavors, so you'll never get bored. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is Built, or that is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your next order with Built or BuiltBar.com. Thanks again for making Locked Tech your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you get your podcast. We're going to talk about Florida Gators and Todd Golden's system. Todd Golden is, of course, the new head coach of the Florida Gators men's basketball team. And offensively, when we look at this system, the name of the game is spacing. Um, I went in-depth on this yesterday, but Todd Golden puts a premium on spacing and three-point shooting. And when I say a premium on three-point shooting, I don't just mean in terms of chucking up a lot of shots, and I don't mean only taking good shots. I mean, the point here is to get a lot of three-point shots and to have them be a lot of open three-point shots. So we're looking at quantity of threes attempted and the quality of those threes attempted. That means that you could expect that current number from uh, from this past Gator season of 26.1 threes attempted per game to go up to about 35 to 40 next year. I know that Todd Golden likes getting that number up to as high as 47 is, I believe, the highest that San Francisco had while he was the head coach. So we want to get that number up significantly. And if you didn't listen to yesterday's episode of Lockdown Gators, which you should, like it's lengthy and it, and it goes very in depth about Todd Golden and his system and what you can expect from the Florida Gators men's basketball program. So I do recommend it. But Todd Golden loves specifically catch and shoot threes because the most efficient shots in basketball are close to the rim twos and catch and shoot threes. So obviously, those are going to be the focal point of this Florida Gators offense under Todd Golden. But then you got to look at who will we see on this roster benefit from that? Like we could look at someone like someone like Elijah Kennedy and say, hey, you like shooting threes, but he hasn't converted a high percentage 
of those threes. And I, I think that's something where he's obviously got to get better at shooting, but he's going to get more opportunities. Of course, he likes shooting the threes. He's got to improve. And maybe this stage this year was just too big for him and, and whatever it might have been. I don't care. But he's going to improve there. But that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the focal point of the Gators, not just systematically, because systematically the focal point will be close to the rim twos, close to the rim twos, and catch and shoot threes. So who will be the focal point in terms of who will maximize those? We're looking at Kawasi Reeves primarily. He obviously really came into his own towards the very end of the season. Like we look at the SEC tournament game and that was his best game against Texas A&M. That, that, that was easily his biggest game of the season, his best game of the season. He carried the Gators for a bit there. And he, he's probably going to be the leading scorer of the Florida Gators next year. Um, looking at the roster, it's like, it's like when I think of just scoring, it's Kwasi Reeves. When I look at, at, I mean, defense, rebounding, whatever it might be, it's Niles Lane. So Kawasi Reeves will likely be the leading scorer for the Florida Gators next year, not just for what he showed, but for how perfect of a fit he is in Todd Golden's offense. That's a very important part because 96.9% of Kawasi Reeves' made threes were assisted with most of them being catch and shoot. So a lot of the times he was getting, he was having someone set up the shots for him and he was just finishing the play. So that's going to be big for him because he's going to get those looks next season we're going to see a lot of five out from the florida gators next year we're going to see a lot of four out and one in from the florida gators next year so it's going to be very interesting to see how kawasi reeves fits in there if he's going to be a corner if he's going to be a ball handler that's supposed to be getting to the rim and supposed to be someone that's going to be on the outside getting those shots so it's going to be very interesting but most of them are going to be catch and shoot probably uh at least in terms of three pointers attempted for kawasi reeves next year let me look at the other part of this todd golden offense we're going to look at the, the close-to-the-rim twos, and the person that we have there is Niles Lane. He's going to be a big part of this offense. Also, not just for what he showed this year, but for what Todd Gold, for what a fit he would be in Todd Golden's offense because he is very good at, close, at shooting close to the rim. But also, there's another thing with Todd Golden wants the Gators to get to the free-throw line. Like I said in yesterday's show, uh, Todd Golden said that a good free-throw rate is 35 to 40%. Niles Lane had a free throw rate of 44.4%. And if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, or if you don't know what free throw rate is, free throw rate has nothing to do with your shooting percentage from the free throw line. It is not your free throw percentage. Free throw percentage is how many of your free throw opportunities you convert. Free throw rate is basically how often a player gets to the free throw line compared to how often they shoot in general. So Niles Lane had a free throw rate of 44.4%. So he gets to the free throw line pretty often considering the volume of shots he takes. So he's going to be taking probably more shots next year. That free throw rate might drop a little bit, but if it does get better, or if it stays the same even, that's phenomenal because like I said, Todd Golden wants people to get to have a free throw rate of 35 to 40%. So that's very, very big here for the Florida Gators, for this whole team really. And obviously it's going to depend on the entire team, but we have the two focal points. We have the, the two gears that are going to make this offense run and that's going to be very important here. And it bodes well for the Gators that the two best Gators that are going to be here next year, Kawasi Reeves and Niles Lane, are also the two best Todd Golden system fits. That, that is a fantastic mesh here, and it's very lucky that it worked out that way. 
The biggest concern here, though, is how can Todd Golden place other complementary pieces around Reeves and Lane? But I'd expect that to become a solid mix of portal guys and high school recruits. At least for this year, we know that, you know, in 2021, 2022 season, ton of transfer portal guys for the Florida Gators. I expect a good deal of them coming in for the 2022 season, but that's primarily because there's not a ton of people on the roster anymore. And obviously we'll, we'll, we'll add more high school recruits. It's not going to be a one or two ad year. It's probably going to be three to five guys that get added here, but it's going to be very interesting to see how Todd Golden adds these players. And yesterday I spoke about his approach to recruiting too. So if you want to hear about that, you can listen to yesterday's episode. Which, again, I very much recommend. We're going to talk to about the NFL Florida Gators. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions of, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, bro? Uh, and wait while the person behind the counter tries to order the parts on their computer or the searches for them and does all that, you can cut out that middleman. You can search for things yourself. You can find things yourself. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Always got to show the phone. There we go. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and also also be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know exactly who sent you with amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com to wrap up today's show we're talking about some florida gators free agency signings and i can't include demarcus robinson because we don't have the details yet i can't include dante fowler jr because we don't have the details yet i can't include fred johnson because he got waived yesterday morning after after getting tendered by the cincinnati Bengals. but of course they added a ton of offensive line talent but i do have three people that i do want to talk about one of them is an offensive lineman two of them play defense and two of them i've been very vocally supportive of and i i love what they do marcus may is the first one he he was the big gators free agent signing this offseason. His contract is with the New Orleans Saints for three years worth $22.5 million at maximum with $14.5 million guaranteed. And I'm giving that grade an A-. minus. Um, the reasoning being that the Saints lost Marcus Williams to the Ravens. So it is a great ad for the Saints to add a, big sa- a big-time safety like Marcus May. It's a big plus for Marcus May as well. Because if you don't remember the free agency primer kind of thing that I did, uh, Marcus May last season signed the franchise tag with the New York Jets. And he did get paid, and that's great for him. So he signed a franchise tag with the New York Jets. But he got injured with a season-ending injury. And I openly expressed my concern that he might just get a one-year deal somewhere and get screwed over because he played on the tag, which is the worst thing in football. And he played on the tag and got injured and could have cost himself millions of dollars. He probably did. He probably would have made a lot more if he was healthy last season or throughout the entire season. But he's getting paid despite his injury. He's still making, on average, about $7.15 million per year, which is great for him. So dope for you, man. Uh, That math is probably wrong. I don't know. I'm not great with math, but that's where we're at. (laughs) He's a great team culture fit with the New Orleans Saints because the New Orleans Saints are, I believe, I know that a lot of you guys are Bucks fans. Um, 
But I think the Saints have probably the best team culture in football where they just let every player just be themselves. Like Gators fans, you guys know Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is one of the most obnoxious players in, in football. And the Saints are just like, yeah, dude, if you play well, we don't care. And I love that about them. So I think that's great where Marcus May can be himself and do whatever he wants. And I, I think that scheme fit-wise, he's going to be great for the Saints. Uh, I think that the Saints will benefit more from having Marcus May than Marcus May will benefit from having the Saints. Um, scheme fit, of course. I, I think that makes sense because, you know, the Saints have Marcus May who they can, where they can move around and they can do whatever, and, and he's going to be that Swiss Army knife. I think he's going to outplay the value of his contract, which is why I say that I think he's a better – he's or they're getting more than he's getting out of this deal uh, because they lost Marcus Williams to starting safety, and he was he's an elite – football player don't care if you're a bucks fan and hate him he's an elite football player he's now in baltimore so that's great for you guys but i think marcus may is going to be a great fit for the saints i think it was a great get it's an a minus because i wish he made more money with them um but again at least he got a decent paycheck despite the injury next up is alex anzalone who i don't even have to go into how much i love him you guys all know i'm i'm, I'm a huge alex anzalone fan he re-signed with the Lions one year, $2.25 million with $1.75 million guaranteed. I think that's great. Um, I, I'm grading it as a B. Um, but, you know, Alex Anzalone is one of the players where when I was doing this, this free agency primer issue, um, I said Alex Anzalone should consider re-signing with the Lions because I think he was a great fit there. He obviously did his thing. With, I've, I've talked about the numbers incessantly about how it started and then once jamie collins left he was stellar in coverage he's returning to the team this season that he he kind of got to rejuvenate his career with um so that, that's big where you know alex anzalone is staying with the lions who did help him rejuvenate his career he helped them a ton also he's still also just 27 years old uh if he can perform well this season like if he could repeat last year maybe step it up a little bit in the run game. But if he could repeat last year and he could stay healthy for the huge majority of the season, like if he plays like 15 games, that's great. So if he can play well and he can stay healthy, that opens the door for him in his year, age 28 season to have a bigger contract. I'm not saying huge. Like he's he's not going to sign a, a $12 million a year contract, but he can make a, a solid six million dollars per year and i think that's phenomenal so he can open it up for a bigger contract next year and also a longer term contract this year i think that the one year deal here is a win-win because the lions don't have to overpay for a player that had one good one healthy season over the past few seasons and alex anzalone gets to maybe get a big contract next year so this is one of those cases where yeah i, I think it's good to have a one-year deal the money I think is I think is very good. I didn't think he would get 2.25 million this year because again he's just one healthy year, one good year. So I didn't think he'd get that. But getting 1.75 million dollars guaranteed, so 1,750,000 dollars guaranteed, that's big because like I've said, Alex Anzalone has injury history. If he does get injured and he misses most of the season, he's still getting a lot of that money, and that's big for him because like I said, he gets hurt. If he misses time, he's still getting paid. His family's still taken care of. The final Gator we're talking about for NFL free agency, Trent Brown. Um, another Florida Gator that re-signed with the team he was with, the Patriots, for two years, $22 million, with $4 million guaranteed. 
this contract is getting a or this grade is getting a C minus from me. Um, reasoning being that I, I know that I said he should resign with the Patriots. I still think that resigning with the Patriots is great for him. It's a great team fit. It's a great culture fit. He does well there. He plays well there, and he's not agile enough to do a lot of this wide zone stuff. So he was pretty limited in his options in terms of scheme fit. So I think re-signing with the Patriots where you know you're a scheme fit is a big plus here. So I, I think that's great for Trent Brown to re-sign with the Patriots. I think that was great. Um, what sucks is that contract. And I, I like the contract's an F, but re-signing with the Patriots is like an A+. plus. So that's why he's getting a C- here. Um, most of his contract, I get it, two years, $22 million, sounds phenomenal. But uh, actually, not even most of that contract, but a good deal of that contract is it's really a two year, $13 million contract. That's what he's getting. That, that's what I'm getting to. Two years, $13 million contract with $4 million guaranteed. $9 million of his contract are dependent on playing time incentives. And that really sucks when you consider that Trent Brown does have a pretty extensive injury history. He does have issues with his weight and staying at a. Mm, solid playing weight i'll say he he has issues with his weight he has issues with his injury history so he likely won't see that full two-year 22 million dollar contract that he signed he will likely get two years 13 million dollars that that i don't think is an issue i don't think the two years 13 million dollars is the issue for him i i think that it sucks it's like two years 22 million and it looks like a good like 11 million dollars a year looks like a good contract but like 40% of it is on playing time incentives that he might not hit. Like he might turn it into two years, 15 million, two years, 18 million, but two years, 22 million with only $4 million guaranteed, by the way. So he can get cut tomorrow and he's not even cutting that much against the cap. So I, I think that it's a great team fit. I think it's a great culture fit. I think that's phenomenal, but he got absolutely shafted on that contract. And that is, like the worst contract that I've ever seen Drew Rosenhaus sign for anybody. I think that was awful. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Florida Gators. Now make your second listen Lockdown NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all my written work with Whole9Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E and any sports. And I'll see you all tomorrow.